Hello and welcome to Best Comics Ever. I'm your host, Dave Busing, the founder and editor-in-chief of ComicBookHerald.com. This is part two of this month's uh, Best Comics of All Time list updates. Normally, I do one episode a month where I go through all the comics and complete story arcs that I read the previous month and rank them on ComicBookHerald.com's Best Comics of All Time list. As I mentioned a few times recently, we are very nearly up to 500 total stories that are ranked from Watchmen at best to Wanted at worst. And right now I have a whole bunch to rank. Now, again, typically I do one of these. Last episode, I got so caught up in a ball of internal anxiety over ranking the first 38 issues of Amazing Spider-Man, Marvel's Silver Age by Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, and as well as the second volume, of Silver Age Fantastic Four, issues number 31 to 60 by Stanley and Jack Kirby, that I did not have time for hardly anything else. So today I'm going to go into the more modern reads that I also did that I want to put on the list and try to get through as many of those as I can. Thanks as always. Support for Best Comics Ever in Comic Book Herald goes to our patrons at patreon.com slash comic You can find out ways to support the site and all the reading orders and guides that I do for as little as $1 a month. Uh, if you're interested, otherwise just go to comic check out the site, check out our reading. We've got some really cool stuff from uh, some really talented writers these days. I've got uh, John Galati, the really cool post recently called a beginner's guide to comic cons that I found extremely helpful as I prep for C2E2 here in the, in the coming week. And uh, Matt Lane is writing some really good stuff for us over well as well. He did it recently, a Best of Marvel Cosmic Guide that I think is a lot of fun. So check out the content on the site. In the meantime, let's get into it. Let's do some rankings. The first book I'm going to put on the best comics of all time list is Ultimates by Al Ewing and Kenneth Rockford. This is not the first Ultimate series that debuted, you know, close to the start of Marvel's Ultimate Universe in the early 2000s by Mark Millar and artist Brian Hitch. That series is is tremendously influential. This series is, you know, sort of playing off of that legacy in a post-Secret Wars, 2015 Secret Wars Marvel landscape where the Ultimate Universe is effectively no more. Nonetheless, they're using the Ultimates title and they're using it for a brand new team. I love this series. It's one of my favorite Marvel books of of the 2010s, honestly, and it was my I think my number one favorite pick of the entirety of 2016. So it's a really good Marvel read. It's um, it tackles Marvel Cosmic in a way that I think is very impressive. It it's got a team lineup of Black Panther, Monica Rambeau, uh, Adam Brashear, who is also known as the Blue Marvel, Carol Danvers, aka Captain Marvel and America Chavez. So it's a, a fairly unlikely group that is put together, but it works tremendously well. And the Ultimates, basically, they become this team that is it's a little bit like the New Avengers Illuminati, where they are solving these sort of seemingly unsolvable problems and sort of tackling, you know, these big world issues in a way that, like, the Avengers necessarily wouldn't. You know, it's stuff that's, like, even bigger that maybe then the Avengers might tackle, but they're being way more transparent about it. So they're actually reporting what they're doing. They're trying to, they make a real big point of being held somewhat accountable because the Illuminati, you know, one of their big flaws and one of the things that Black Panther in particular really rejects with them is the fact that it's just, you know, a bunch of guys deciding what's best for, for everyone. 
And and those guys, if you're not familiar, would be like Professor X, Reed Richards, Tony Stark, um, Namor, Doctor Strange. So the Ultimates are trying to take a little different approach to these things, and uh, it winds up being um, interesting in that regard, but also it winds up just being straight up one of the best Marvel Cosmic books that, that I've ever read. Um, they, the first problem that they set out to solve is the issue of Galactus eating a bunch of planets. And what does what do you do about that that isn't just responding to the world devourer showing up on your planet? And things go from there. I won't say any more uh, so as not to spoil it. But uh, really, at the end of the day, I like Ultimates a whole heck of a lot. I'm going to start looking pretty high. And I think, honestly, the first thing I came to mind in terms of ranking it was uh, Black Panther by Ta-Nehisi Coates, which I quite love. I have ranked at number 104 on my list. As I say every episode, anything inside the top 100 is a very, very strong recommendation for me. So I think Ultimates is better than Black Panther by Ta-Nehisi Coates. So here's the the quirk to it. Ultimates ran for 12 issues, the first volume. Then it stopped and was rebooted basically as Ultimates 2. It's actually kind of like Ultimates Squared. Um, But if you're looking at Marvel Universe or Marvel Unlimited, it'll just say Ultimates 2. And it ran for another 10 issues, including the final 10th issue was what was considered the legacy 100th issue of the Ultimates franchise since launch in, I believe, 2002. So in total, you've got 22 issues of Ultimates. Uh, Black Panther by Coates is still going. So I've only ranked the first four volumes of the Coates run on Black Panther. I think there's possibility that uh, Ultimates could, th- those comparison could change as I read more of the Coates run. As as now I know in Marvel Fresh Start era, Black Panther franchise has moved to the intergalactic empire of Wakanda. But for the time being, I'm definitely going to say Ultimates is better than, than Black Panther by Coates. Uh, right above that, I've got Batman Robin by Graham Morrison, which is great. That is the Dick Grayson as Batman, Damian Wayne as Robin era of the, of the longer Graham Morrison run. Above that, I've got the graphic novel Seconds, The Fade Out by Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips at 101. And then at my number 100 right now is Acme Novelty Library number 20, which is by uh, cartoonist Chris Ware. This is definitely going to be tricky. Um, Let's see, scrolling up a bit, I've got 52, the entire 52 issues DC weekly series at number 97. I've got Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom Triumph and Torment at number 95. That's a great standalone graphic novel by Roger Stern and Mike Mignola. Okay, here's probably a better comparison is DC Metal, the complete event, uh, written pri- with primary issues by Scott Snyder and Greg Capulo. I've definitely been on record on Best Comics Ever as to how much I love Metal, taken in its entirety. That is a similarly cosmic in scope idea. I think they're very comparable because Ultimates tries to tackle cosmic issues. I think it takes a little more of a a little more philosophical approach than than metal which takes a more action oriented approach i don't i don't know that i love ultimates more especially taken in its entirety i think the first like 6 issues of ultimates are darn near perfect and then the series does 
get wrapped up a bit in in some of the continuity murkiness and tie-in murkiness of the events of War II, which is really, really bad. Um, Ultimates maintains, you know, a decent level of quality, but the event itself is a is a bust. And then in the second arc, it does get warped into Secret Empire, which doesn't do it any, uh, to a degree, which doesn't do it, you know, a ton of favors. So I think I'm going to put it below metal. And do I like it more than Triumph and Torment? This is tough. Triumph and Torment is a nearly perfect one and done. I think it's got to go below that. I'm going to put it above... Fujitsu, which is an Aftershock mini by Jainitz and West St. Clair that I love and think everybody should check out. But that's where it's going to go. It's going to be the new number 96 on this list, which is, again, extremely, extremely high. Anything inside the top 100 is a huge recommend for me. So let's pop Ultimates as high as anything in this episode is going to go at number 96 on the list okay next i'm going to be talking about the authority by the issues written by warren ellis with art by brian hitch the authority is a late 90s into the early 2000s uh, ostensibly superhero comic and it is you know pretty much considered today one of the most influential superhero books that there is uh, Ellis and Hitch sort of tackle the superhero genre in a way that 90s comics were not. When we think about what superhero genre looks like in the 2000s, the authority does a lot to shape what we understand about it. Ellis is a, a really great comic book writer. I think he's a great writer in general. I quite like some of his his novels, and he you know he's definitely in my top 10 favorite comic book writers of all time. I think this, The Authority, spirals out of sort of the book that really, I think, solidified him as as an up-and-coming star in superhero comics at the time, and that was Wildstorm. So this is, again, that sort of offshoot of the DC universe, which is its own, own you know, hero-driven universe with all these characters that are sort of created during the, the image comics heyday of the 90s, but then are given a new life in sort of a, what we would consider now, a more, um, like, critically acclaimed view and and take on things and a lot of that starts with ellis so the authority it's a team um led led by the the character jenny sparks who is who is really really great with her sarcastic wit and sort of overall you know i don't know what the word cranky gets used too much with with describing ellis and some of his characters but it definitely fits here um in in the most endearing ways i think so and hitch you know we just talked about ultimates brian hitch is the one who was the artist on that original ultimate series with writer mark millar and again when we think about what what superhero comics look like in the 2000s so much of it you're thinking of of work Brian Hitch has done. It's this big, epic in scope, um, you know, really excellently portrayed. Like like no one quite did, you know, cities being invaded at scale the way Hitch did uh, in the early 2000s. So all that is to say the authority is quite good, and it's definitely quite meaningful. I don't think it's a little bit like anything that is very influential, but... But not necessarily, I mean, it's not that it doesn't stand on its own. It's just, I think, to 
day, I think it's more notable for the influence than it is necessarily for the story. If that makes sense. I mean, you've also got characters here like Midnighter and, and Apollo who've gone on to have, as the Wildstorm universe has sort of been integrated with DC, who've gone on to have really interesting careers on their own. I mean, the Midnighter solo series written by Steve Orlando is on this list, and it does pretty well. So I think actually that's probably a good place to start looking at reading. I, I would say too, like the authority, it is, if you have a DC Universe subscription, I think all of these 24 issues are on there. Um, so Ellis and Hitch do, I think, 12 issues. It's three story arcs. And uh, then it's taken over by writer Mark Millar with Frank Wiley on art. So it's got some really like modern superstar uh, creative teams working on it. So yeah, I've got Midnighter, the new 52 series written by Steve Orlando at number 133 on the list. So that's already very, very high. Would I say the authority is better than than what Midnighter would become in the new 52. I don't know that I would. Let's see, looking above the list, I'd have to put it above Copra, which that actually would not bother me. Uh, Lazarus getting tougher, Injustice getting tougher. I, I don't think I like Authority more than those books. Let's look below Midnighter here. I've got Deathstroke written by Christopher Priest. I've got the Batman Rebirth, DC Rebirth era Batman, written by Tom King, hmm, which is obviously still going. I don't think the Authority is as good as Black Bolt, written by Solid and Ahmed and Christian Ward. It's definitely not better than Justice League International, which I've got at number 140. Okay, moving down a little. I don't like it more than the Immortal Hulk. Let's see... Down in the 160-ish range, I've got Deadly Class at number 164. I don't think I like the authority quite that much. It's a tricky one to rank because, again, it's clearly important, but I'm not dying to reread these. Um, it's not going to go too far below too far below Deadly Class there. So I think it's better. I'd rather read it than The Killing Joke. It's probably better than Cosmic Odyssey. I can definitely put it above Doom Patrol, The Young Animal Era. Those comics are very, very fun. So actually that would bring us to what do I think of The Authority compared to the first 30 issues by Stanley and Jack Kirby on Fantastic Four. Um, again, we talked about, you know, hey, we're ranking for I'm ranking for historical importance and influence. Obviously, <laughs> Fantastic Four, first 30 issues, like nothing really compares, but the authority I am talking about, at least in similar terms. I've reread those first 30 issues of Fantastic Four more than I've reread the authority, but that doesn't necessarily mean I think it's a more enjoyable ride. I'm going to put the authority right above <laughs> the Fantastic Four Omnibus and below Deadly Class, which is going to make it the new 165 on the list. And I feel pretty good about that, actually. Again, anything, it's, you know, these are the best comics of all time. These are comics I like um, until we start getting really far down the list. So these rankings are, are you know, 165 doesn't maybe sound like you, like you really want a prize, but it's, you know, that's a pretty high place as far as, again, almost 500 stories on this list goes. 
All right, that's going to give us some time for a very topical one. This is the Captain Marvel run by writer Kelly Sue DeConnick at Marvel. Uh, it's got art primarily by Dexter Soy, David Lopez, a whole handful of guest artists, and of course that costume redesign by artist Jamie McKelvey. Uh, with the movie now out in theaters and and pretty good, you know, I think it's the it's in that third good tier of Marvel movies. Not great, not the best, not average. So it's good. Uh, Captain Marvel by Kelly Sue DeConnick obviously has set the stage for much of what happens in the movie and much of how we understand Carol Danvers as a character today. It's a very successful, I think, modern reimagining. I've said a lot about it lately, just in terms of Captain Marvel content. So I don't want to go too deep on this other than to say, if you're looking for good Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel comics, these are the ones to check out. And I think that's really meaningful that, you know, her, her defining run starts in 2012. The series then gets rebooted in 2014 and then rebooted sort of ad nauseum from there with different, with different lineups and titles. But the Deconic era, which runs for, you know, probably close to 50-ish issues, uh, is, is really good stuff. It's very good comics it's not my favorite it's more meaningful to a lot more people and i think that is something that i take into account here um you know like this is a very meaningful comic to a lot of people and that's important and that that's great it doesn't quite have that impact on me um which is also fine so i'm i'm looking here actually inside the top 200 it's gonna go high uh it's better than dr strange by donny cates with art by gabriel hernandez walta i've got that at number 190 uh i like it more than motor crush I like it more than Superman, Last Son of Krypton. I think it's got to go above Farmhand, which is only one volume out right now. And that's going to bring us to number 181 on the list, the Jane Foster era of Mighty Thor, written by Jason Aaron with art primarily by Russell Dutterman. Um, these are probably comparable in the, the broad sense of female heroes driving the title. I definitely love the way Mighty Thor looks with that Dutterman art substantially more than Captain Marvel, which isn't to disparage the work of, say, Dexter Soy or or David Lopez, but Dowderman's art on Mighty Thor is some of my favorite in in comics this decade. I, purely on those terms, want to put Captain Marvel right below it, so I think that's what I'm going to do. So the Kelly Sudeconic era of Captain Marvel is going to go right below the Jane Foster era of Mighty Thor. Let's grab it. Let's move it. That's going to be, I think, 181. Let me double check. That's going to be the new number 182 on the list. So we've got a lot of high placements here inside the top 200 lately, um, which is good. I think, you know, as I'm going through a lot of these Marvel series and adding them to the list, it means there's going to be a whole lot placed uh, pretty high because, lo and behold, I like Marvel Comics. I've got time for a few more. Next series I read was Superman Shazam First Thunder. This is a four-issue miniseries. It's written by Judd Winnick with art by Joshua Middleton. And I had pretty low expectations for this. I thought it was going to be just kind of a tried-and-true, first-time-these-characters-met series that really didn't add a lot of value. And I wound up really digging it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's It fits this kind of, you know, it's that, like, post-year one the characters are heroes, but they haven't met, and they, they sort of know of each other, but hardly, you know, stage of the DC universe. And I just this one, it's just got that all-ages sort of whimsical feel that a Superman and Shazam team-up should have, you know? It's not big, dumb fighting and brawling. It's two characters that, that think a lot and feel a lot and have, you know, sort of innocent 
but not altogether naive perspectives on the world. And I think that's something Jed Winnick actually does really well. Um, he's probably best known now for having written Under the Red Hood, which has obviously become a really big one in the DC universe. Um, but I think Winnick writing Exiles, which is one of my favorite early 2000s Marvel's book, and he's done a lot of really good, you know, all ages stuff since that time. Superman Shazam definitely fits that bill. So it's, I know I've ranked Shazam in the Monster Society of Evil. Let's see if I can find that on here. So I've got that at 370. I've got that pretty low. I was not super into the Monster Society of Evil, despite the fact that it is written and drawn by Jeff Smith, creator of Bone, which is my, it's in my top five. Is it my number four? I think it is. So Superman Shazam, it's not too important by any measure. It's fun though. And I like it. And anybody looking for good Captain Marvel Shazam comics, which, you know, is kind of a harder ask than you might expect, given the characters, uh, you know, his, his movie's about to debut. He's going to be a big deal. He's been a big deal in the DC universe for a long time. But if you're just looking for like solo Shazam stories, it's, it's kind of tough, which is why I think DC keeps falling onto the new 52 era written by Jeff Johns with a lot of art by Gary Frank, which I think very little of. Um, I don't think it's good at all, but they keep kind of going to that as their, you know, stock and trade. Hey, here's the Shazam comics you should read. And this Superman Shazam story, I think, is much better than that. So I'm looking here at number 227. I've got the 2016 Hawkeye comic. This is with Kate Bishop starring. I've got that right above Infinite Crisis. And Superman Shazam's not better than Hawkeye. I don't think I can put it above Infinite Crisis. I mean, it definitely beats the like, which one would I rather read, you know, because it's four issues, but again, I try to, if you think about, like, I don't know, some, some weird, trippy way that these would take the, if, if time was equal, what is the value you're getting per time spent, I guess, maybe it's the ratio that I'm trying to consider when I rank these, because obviously, like, I'd rather read, just based on basic time concerns, would rather pick up four issues than a gazillion that are an infinite crisis, so, Value per time spent. I think Infinite Crisis beats it. Um, let's see, scrolling down a little. It's not better than X Men Red. It's probably not better than Super Sons, which I've got at 241. What is it better than? I like it more than Superman Birthright, which I've got at 249. I like it more than Hush. Okay, so it's going to go inside the top. Man, I just realized I've got Hush ranked above Thanos Wins. That seems weird. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this may take some... I, see, this is the thing about doing this list is, you know, you're in a mood one day, and, and then you look at it a few weeks later, and you're like, what? What was I thinking? Uh, there's, you know, there's always revisions to be done. Okay, so I'm going to put Superman Shazam right... I think I liked it. I probably liked it more than Green Lantern Earth 1 story-wise, but it definitely didn't look better. I'm going to put it above Unity. The Valiant series written by Matt Kent, and that's going to be the new number 246 on this list. Okay, and I think that's going to be the last one that I rank on the podcast for today. This has been part two of Best Comics Ever. Again, if you like what you're listening to, me talking about comics, please uh, subscribe to the podcast, first of all, wherever you get your pods, and rate and review 
If you get a chance, that'll go a long way to helping me find new listeners. Again, you can also support the likes of Best Comics Ever, everything I'm doing on the Comic Book Herald YouTube channel, and of course, comicbookherald.com by going to patreon.com slash comicbookherald. Uh, final plug, again, if you like the, the podcast approach here, I've got one that I'm really, really excited about the, the direction it's been heading and just the work we've been doing. It's called My Marvelous Year. I highly recommend you all check it out. Uh, if you're interested in a a Marvel reading club and podcast. So it's a reading club. We've got a whole community of people reading through a curated list of all the best Marvel comics as we go from its origins to present day. And then myself and Zach Dean, we talk about him on the My Marvelous Year podcasts, and we sort of analyze and joke about him and and maybe fill in some of the details for issues that you know you didn't have time for or didn't particularly care to read. So it's a great way to get the entirety of the Marvel Universe um, you know, to have that experience for yourself for the first time. And, and it's a lot of fun to do and talk about. So check out My Marvelous Year as well if you have time. Music for Best Comics Ever is by Anthony Weiss. You can find more of his music at anthonyweiss.com. And again, if you like what you're hearing from me, Dave Busing, go on over to comicbookherald.com where you can find a ton of my writing. Final note, I'm going to be at C2E2 here next weekend so when this goes live it'll be c2e2 is the march 22nd through 24th if you're going to be there be there uh give me a shout reach out at comic book herald let me know and uh, i'd love to meet up with some some listeners and fans of the site it'd be a lot of fun so i'm really looking forward to it otherwise thanks for listening everybody and enjoy the comics